I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. You guys, we have some juicy binge-watching, kind of binge-watching because they're dropping two episodes at a time, but there is a new Apple TV documentary, The Dynasty, that is premiering on Friday. Like I said, two episodes will be dropping every Friday for the next five weeks. It's a look at the Patriots between 2000 and 2020. And based on some quotes um, from the show released in like a preview article by Chad Graff of The Athletic, it could be more about that Brady-Belichick relationship, perhaps the demise of said relationship. So here's a quote from Chad Graff. Me and Coach Belichick, We did what we loved and competed for 20 years together, but I wasn't going to sign another contract in New England, even if I wanted to play until I was 50. Based on how things had gone, I wasn't going to sign up for more of it. Okay, so that is something Tom Brady said in the dynasty. Guys, I'm so excited for this, not only because I live in New England and, you know, this has been much talked about, but I feel like it has been kind of shrouded in mystery. Like, neither of them has said that much about the situation that went down between the two of them. And it feels like we might finally get the curtain peeled back a little bit. 
Yeah, what you said, Jesse, is what I've been trying to decide in my own head is, Dad, am I excited for this? Because this <laughs> dynasty was something that was largely devoid of flavor and character for so long. It was like Dan Orlovsky chicken where it was a means to an end. It was going out there to get the job done, to get you the protein you need, and then move on. And I know in the years since we've seen more guys from this dynasty, you know, Rob Gronkowski's always been the personality there, but Julian Edelman posts this dynasty and him and Danny Amendola talking right. about stuff is, I think, informed a little bit of it but tom and bill at the center of it have never really been overly giving of stuff and this also does feel like a relationship that we know exactly why it soured because you had two very similar personalities and a coach in bill belichick that wasn't going to treat anybody different based on how they had all met so i don't know are you excited about this dad because i'm sort of middle of the pack right now loose new season of love is blind just dropped i'm going to be pretty busy <laughs> oh god Ugh. Um, that being said, um, yeah, I, I did watch. Would you go on Love is Blind, Gojo? Would you go? Absolutely not. Why? No. I, I have no, I would know. I have no desire to go on any of these reality dating shows. They're terrifying. You're at the mercy of the edit that you get from any of these producers. At the end of the day, it is reality television, but to an extent, it's all somewhat scripted because you've got these puppet masters behind the scenes. So no, I'm not looking to go out here and get absolutely bodied by a bunch of producers who want to decide to make me out to be the bad guy. Okay, but if we created a video and submitted you for it and you got onto The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, w would you, uh, just let us make the video. Can you agree to that? So, Jesse, fun fact about this is yep. right before yep. the pandemic, one of the last things, yep. when me and dad were doing Golik and Wingo at ESPN, one of the very last things that we were about to do was at that time, The Bachelor had a traveling live show. So I think it was Ben Higgins and a couple of the other former Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants were going around the country mm -hmm. and they would go to different places locally and they would find a local Bachelor or Bachelorette and they would bring them up on stage and they would have a bunch of potential, uh, potential people for them to date that would come up and they would do it over the course of like a three and a half hour live show on stage where you would go through a bunch of the group dates. There was in theory a fantasy suite, which I don't know how that works out or how that was legal, but all of this was getting ready to go. And because we had the Disney ABC connection, we were kind of finagling it to where I was going to do that for Connecticut. Yep. And we had gone through on ESPN's campus and filmed a promo video. I'll see if I can find it to send to you guys. I still have a bunch of the stills of me in a suit, gyrating <laughs> with all these roses, getting ready to go for this. And then the pandemic hit and they obviously canceled the live show. And that was the last we ever heard of it and kind of bailed my ass out. So we almost did this like four years ago. Jesse. Jesse, this was awesome. We were we were so ready for this. I mean, we were so building it up for this. And you're right. I don't know what the fantasy suite uh, would have entailed, but I'm sure, Mike, you would have enjoyed it somehow, some way. For me and your mother, it was great because they were going to hold on, hold it at Mohegan Sun so we could watch you maybe find a spouse and we could gamble uh, as well. So, I mean, it's a win-win for us. Uh, but uh, yeah, that it, it never did happen. But Jesse, to your point, and him wanting to make a video, he did do this, and he was going to be the Connecticut Bachelor for that traveling show. Well, it's not too late, and I think, like for content's sake, you should just let us submit you and just see how far we can we can move this thing. We got to find that video, Mike. There it is.
we'll find the video and we'll start with there. And if we can get that video, then I will present it to the Gojo and Golik audience and to you, Jesse, to see what <laughs> you guys think about this. That was back when I was holding on to the bad hair, bad fairway full of hair on my head, or I should oh. say not full of hair, about half full. So we'd probably have to redo that right now. The bald look has worked out a lot better for me there. That's neither here nor there. Right. What I'm saying and what this all underscores is, Dad, in a vast sea of content that yeah. we have right now, does the Patriots Dynasty documentary move the needle for you? you? You need to have the juice with it, right? How many of these sports? There we go. Wow. There we go. Real quick. Oh, wow. There we go. For those watching, uh, for those that will listen on the pod, we have the picture of Mikey's in a coat and tie holding a rose. And it's Meet Your Bachelor, Uncasville, where Mohegan Sun is. Meet Your Bachelor, Mike Golick Jr. You're ready. Oh, yeah. You're ready. This is, this is gold. Jesse, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think, uh, like, you know, we can't, we can't be accused of catfishing, so we're going to have to update the photo. But I do think that <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're going to make a video and we're going to submit you for The Bachelorette. And if you get on, you have to go. That's just all I'll say. Oh, Absolutely this, this, not. This will be oh, awesome, Jesse. I, I hope. I, I, I'm, I'm completely with you. God knows Mike's mother is with you as well. Um, but, but going back to what we were saying, I, Mike, I, it's almost like a book. I, I'll, I'll like it if you need juice, right? I'll like it there. Because we've seen some of these sports documentaries or these, you know, that have these stories behind it, and you don't get anything. You don't, you don't get anything. You, you just like watch it and you're like, eh, okay, that was all right. Going to need something here. I, this is very difficult for me to keep talking when there's a picture of you now laying down on the ground uh, smelling a rose. I mean, Sorry it, I started it's this. just, it, it's kind of, it is your fault, Jesse. It's I kind know. of haunting uh, as well. I am deeply uh, sexual. We'll, we'll get nature. more. I, I, I mean, <laughs> you look good in the pictures. You really do outside of. You know, you didn't just come on home on, on the head jets yet. You were trying yeah, to hold on a little bit there. Yeah. So the thing about Brady, we, we started to hear the stories. We even heard it from others out there, you know, who had, who had talked about how difficult it is and, and how Brady would get ripped on as well. And we always know there's a hierarchy in these rooms, the story of, of Jimmy Johnson in Dallas. If, if Troy Aikman falls asleep or somebody else falls asleep, that person gets fired. You just ask Troy to wake up, not saying that he did. But there's, there's always a hierarchy, and we know about that. But Bill, it seemed like, really did treat just about everybody the same in that. So, and while you hear also from that same article, Rob Gronkowski describing pulling up to the one Patriot place and not wanting to get out of his car to go to work, you know, Wes Welker compared Brady to an abused dog, uh, compared Brady to being an accused, abused dog for continually going back to work for Belichick. So we've heard some of the stories and how difficult it was. I guess I put blinders on in that situation and say, you know what? I'd have gone through it to win a Super Bowl. I, I, because I never got close to a Super Bowl, even though there are players saying it was no fun and it's, it, you know, I'd rather go try and win a Super Bowl and have fun than, than be in New England where you might win it, but it's just an awful year. I don't know. For a guy that never got to a Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl, I prob probably would have liked to taste that sweet victory. And remember, these are guys talking now that have won multiple Super Bowls. So you change from, wow, we won the first one, to now we have four or three or four or five, to saying maybe we should be treated a little different here, and Belichick didn't seem to be treating anybody any different. 
Well, I mean, the thing that happened with Belichick is essentially like I, I always liken it. The funny thing that happens in public, and I, we just this last week in Vegas, we had people comment on it. We were with our friends uh, Kyle and Jordan Rudolph. Kyle, obviously, uh, you know, played in the NFL for over a decade at tight end, and when we were with them, they still call you Mister Golick because when we all met, we were seventeen and eighteen years old, and that's what you did. And so right. even now, that's who you are to them. That's the same thing that happened with this Brady Belichick situation. Is when Tom Brady first showed up in New England, he was pick 199, and he was nobody on that team, and Bill Belichick treated him the same way he met that day at the end of that cycle because that was how he operated with all this. And everything you just described, Dad, makes perfect sense seeing it from the football vantage point, but I keep wondering, does it make a sexy documentary? Like, I just watched Swamp Kings on Netflix this last year, a documentary that should have been full of what happened off the field for one of the most interesting eras of Florida football and college football in my lifetime, and instead we got, oh, well, Tim Tebow worked out a lot, and oh, playing in the SEC is really hard, and if we right. get a documentary yep. that's however many parts this is, that's just, well, winning's really hard, and this is what it took, it's going to be cool, but right. we kind of know that the Patriots dynasty lasted right. so long that we got to do a lot of these retrospectives in real time. You, you need you need to be taken really behind the curtain for something like this to be successful. A book you need you need it to be salacious for a book. I've been asked to write a book about you know my Philadelphia Eagle days, and I'll never do it because I'll never. They want stories, they want dirt, and I'm never going to do that. You know, I'm never going to name names. I'm never going to tell some of the some of the. I've told some stories public, but I would never tell them all. I'm just, I just wouldn't do it, and that's something though. I think you have to do. You know, to to have somebody buy a book and be held by attention through the book by getting into detail, and I think that's what this would need. We would need, hey, I, on this day and this practice, this is what Bill said to this person, and or this is what happened. This was a confrontation here. You need that, right? I think like a book, you need that in a document documentary or a TV show that's explaining anything about a given situation. You don't just you don't just want you know you know, the, the outsides of it. You want to be taken behind the curtain. That's where you want to go. And if this does it, it'll be worth it. If it doesn't, then it'll just be a waste of everybody's time. And I think the thing that's most concerning for people now in 2024, when we talked about and referenced some of these other documentaries that we've seen, and I, I listen, I want to give Apple their chance because a lot of what I'm talking about is a bad taste left in my mouth from a lot of these Netflix docuseries where right, right. in exchange for having the subject sit, there's been what's been seen as more favorable coverage. You're not going to go at some of those things nearly as hard. And so I struggle to see how, if you're getting Tom and Bill to sit at this point, who both seem to be at a decent place publicly with the relationship, they would willingly sign up to go and throw a missile in the side of that and start to badmouth each other or talk about the negative parts of that relationship too much publicly. So let me let me roll this thing forward because this is made and obviously it's going to go on and obviously a lot of people are going to watch and then we're going to watch it and then we're going to talk about it. Was it worth it? Was it not? Did you get anything out of it or was it whole hum? But let, let's talk about something real. How Bill Belichick treated his players and how Bill Belichick coaches, that again is not going to change. Is Bill Belichick going to get another head coaching job in the NFL? Bill is, again, 15 wins in regular season and playoffs from breaking Don Shula's record. He wants to coach. We heard about the only team he interviewed was with Atlanta, and that was a couple of times. But as we mentioned, Atlanta was on the dating app, and they kept swiping right. 
for 14 different candidates. And he ended up not getting hired, even though Arthur Blank said he said he would work with other people and this and that. He didn't get hired there. That's the only team he interviewed with. We know what kind of a tough coach he is. Is Can that still work in today's era? Because when Tom left, it didn't work anymore in New England. I'm starting to really wonder if, if Bill Belichick will go down as the GOAT is ever going to get a head coaching job again in the NFL. I feel like at some point there's going to be a circumstance. I mean, we saw how many jobs became available in this cycle, and usually it's about six or yep. seven jobs every year that's somewhere in that grouping next year because there's still going to be other coordinators that certainly get brought up in this conversation. We're going to do exactly what we did this offseason with Bobby Slowick next right. year. Ben Johnson, despite what the Washington commanders wanted to put out there, if the Detroit offense performs again, is going to get a bunch of looks. But Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick are also going to be potentially sitting there next offseason like, hey, what's up? And if you're a team that's a little bit more mature in their life cycle and trying to make a run at things but needs to make a change – a la the Dallas Cowboys, who Jerry Jones came out and said, I could work with Bill Belichick. What are you guys talking about? I'd imagine someone still takes a swing right now because most of the guys making this hire are old and come from that era. Interesting if Steve Spagnolo, who is 64, so obviously next yeah. year will be 65, Bill Belichick in his early 70s, if, if Spags has another defensive season in Kansas City like he had this year, uh, whether they win the Super Bowl or not, I'm sure they'll get to the playoffs and make another run. But if his defense is, was what, like it this year, and a team had a choice between Bill Belichick and Steve Spagnuolo, who, who do you think they would be taking? And Spags would be that I, hot name, I, I and Bill would have sat for a year. I genuinely don't know in that spot. I think a lot of it, quite honestly, and we know how reactionary this league tends to be, and we always hear about a copycat yeah. league. I do wonder how much of it's going to be, hey, how do some of these new young coaches do? Like, what did we see? We've talked about the right. linebacker trend that's going on right now with some NFL head coaches, more guys on defense, more guys with those intangible leadership qualities, because what have we seen in recent years? That's worked at a bunch of places. D'Amico Ryan's coming out and doing what he did this year with <laughs> a young team absolutely gets lodged in some people's heads I think and so if you've got a bunch of these young coordinators that step up if Mike McDonald does really well this upcoming season and some of those guys you might get more NFL teams that go group think and say well look at we've got more young names on here they seem to be resonating now with the players right. that we've got here why don't we try this but I'll, I'll also because you know it won't all be young coordinators there'll be some veterans as well so of veterans out there who have been around, we already saw Raheem Morris, who was a former head coach, get rehired. Vrabel, does, would Vrabel get a job before Bill Belichick? And Vrabel's been around for a little bit. And again, would Spags, who has been coaching forever in the league and has been a head coach as well in the NFL, would that, that that's the more, because it's one thing if you choose a young you know, coordinator. You say, okay, that's kind of the trend. That's kind of the direction we want to go. But if you start seeing other, for lack of a better term, retreads, guys who have been head coaches and then then get hired ahead of Bill, or guys who had been head coaches and then were coordinators and now going back to head coaches, getting hired ahead of Bill, that will be the interesting thing to me because that will be a little bit closer to the same era of type of coach as opposed to hiring that 38-year-old offensive coordinator who's hot right now to be the head coach of my team.
Yeah, it is interesting. And like you mentioned, it, it God, looking at Raheem Morris, Raheem Morris is 47 years old. Like in terms of retread yeah. head coaches, it's a reminder of how young he got his first opportunity yep. and how different it is from some of these other ones. But I do also wonder for Bill Belichick, who's probably going to have the opportunity to do television if he wants to in this year, or maybe go out and help coach somewhere else or be an analyst, or maybe just take time off if all of a sudden he loosens up. Because that's the other part of this documentary that we've seen from certain guys is, and listen, I had buddies that played New England that talked about how different it was playing there versus some of the other teams that we were a part of. We remember the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles team that won. Their whole rallying cry was, Look, we got to win it our way. We didn't have to be as joyless as that right. Patriots franchise was. We got to be ourselves. We got to be the underdogs. This Kansas City Chiefs dynasty right now is a lot more of that than they are of New England, despite the consistent success. And so you wonder if we've seen all those guys, once they leave, drunk fun Tom Brady on the boat, maybe Bill Belichick likes a little bit of how life feels when he can exhale some and doesn't have to go in and rule with an iron fist every day and now doesn't have to do it with markedly lesser players than he did in the prior iteration of that team. Maybe Bill Belichick likes how freedom feels and decides, you know what? That record would be cool, but man, I'm freaking tired at this point and I can go hang out with Nick Saban and someone will pay us to do a bunch of coaching casts for any of these championship games or NFL playoff games. And life can be pretty good when I step away from this. I know that death usually doesn't work with these sickos that are in coaching. They all always want to go back and get the grass under their cleats again, yeah. but maybe considering what he went through, Bill Belichick will also like the freedom. Um, hey guys, uh, really quick, we ha we do have some breaking news. Um, we have a video uh, of the oh, Gojo Jesus. Bachelor photo shoot um, <laughs> sent from your mom. So we're gonna, oh, oh. Oh boy. Uh -huh. Oh, okay, this was oh. a legitimate photo shoot. This was like. Yeah, no, yeah. and for the, listen, for the podcast audience, you're gonna wanna check out the YouTube for today's show. So you can see the hip yeah. gyrating, rose sniffing. We'll tweet body. this video out for posterity, just for everybody yeah, to we'll have. Yeah, we'll get it out. But but basically, yeah, he's he's in front of the, uh, the the screen there with a with a coat and tie on and a rose oh. and doing all kind of Mr. October is sensuous, or at least at least he thinks sensuous things that How are really you... kind of making me cringe right now. Look at this though. How can you say that you don't want to go on the Bachelorette? You're made for this. Look at you. I am made to be a ham in front of the camera. I am not made to deal with a house full of 30 other people who are all vying for the same prize. You'd see me in the corner chugging champagne and eating a lot of like dinner rolls that they put out. All the food you're not supposed to eat in the Bachelor Mansion, your boy would be woofing that down. <laughs>
Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The great field Yates just released his first mock draft Wednesday. And he's got the Chicago Bears taking Caleb Williams at number one overall. You got Jaden Daniels going second to the Washington Commanders. Drake May third to the New England Patriots. Much to discuss. And lucky for us, he's standing by with the guys right now. Always excited to catch up with our guy, Field Yates, who I saw, by the way, at Radio Row Field looking positively jacked right now. For a father of two, you've dispelled any notion of the dad bod out here. Drop the secrets, man. We all need to know. Dad strength. Dad strength. Not dad bod. Dad strength. That's what we're striving for these days. And I had a feeling that I might be on the show this week, so I started lifting months ago in preparation. Honestly, I, I just do Why curls. Just I've, tell- got like a, I've got like a 12-ounce, like no, 12-pound, no, she's probably 15 pounds by now, 15-pound curl available at all times. Uh, so one of my arms is disproportionately larger than the other because I use my two-year-old and my right arm and my eight-month-old in the left arm. It works out perfectly. Can, can, I, can I say, though, that if we were to do a performance-enhancing drug test, would you pass? Seriously. Uh, this this isn't live, is it? I can say this out loud, right? It's not like it's a big show with like lots of viewers. Um, no, I would not. That's okay. I'm no longer yeah. an athlete. Not that I ever really was, but uh, there you I'm go. Definitely. Yeah, it's not professional. There's no there's no uh, Listen, collective. Anyone who's seen the beef Yates pictures from for. back in the day would dispute the notion that you weren't an athlete. Field. I've seen the neck on you from the Wesleyan days. All right. Yeah. That's uh-huh. right. Sort of like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Well, in addition to being a jacked father of two right now, Field, you also always do a great job doing everything at ESPN, but I always especially appreciate your insight as we head into draft season. And you dropped mock draft yesterday and I think had one of the more shocking decisions so far that I've seen early in draft season is so many people have been debating at the top of this draft, Caleb Williams versus Drake May as the quarterbacks one and two here. You had the Washington Commanders drafting Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner out of LSU, with the second overall pick. What do you see in that player right now that it seems like so many others haven't so far in the draft cycle? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if this becomes kind of the prevailing thought as we get closer to the draft with Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May. And Jaden Daniels did as much as any player in college football could last year to improve his stock. I would argue it's probably the most impressive rise up the ranks in a single season since Joe Burrow back in 2019. Same school, same position, sort of a similar arc in the sense that he was a quarterback at a different school, Joe at Ohio State, Jaden at Arizona State, although Joe transferred because he wasn't starting at Ohio State. Jaden was starting since day one at Arizona State, but just opted for a change of scenery, but 40 touchdown passes this past season really showed off as a thrower. And then as a runner over a thousand rushing yards as well, he led D one in terms of rushing yards per attempt over eight yards per carry the ultimate dual threat quarterback is Jaden Daniels. And I think when you have that kind of athletic ability, there's always this really fine line between being the quarterback that just always takes off and runs because you're faster and more agile and athletic than almost every defender on the field, but also realizing that sometimes you just have to take the layup. And when you've got two awesome potential first round wide receivers around you, like Jaden Daniels did last year, 
let them do the hard work. And I love the balance that Jaden showed as sort of a decision maker, knowing when to scramble, knowing when to drive the football down the field or buy an extra second in the pocket to drive the football down the field really was a strength of his. Part of the reason why he has catapulted up boards, probably the most fun player to watch from all of college football last season too, because while LSU always has talent, their defense this past year was as down as you could possibly be by LSU standards. They basically overhauled their entire defensive staff after the season as a reflection of that. And Jaden Daniels probably won that team a few more games than they deserve to. So we've all heard Caleb Williams and Drake May as the top two quarterbacks forever, right? When when did Jaden Daniels, where was he before the season in your eyes as far as the draft is concerned? And when in your eyes did it say, okay, this guy has made the meteoric jump to now number two? Yeah, he was a mid-round pick probably coming into the season. That's a little bit of a sort of a subject to how you view the entire class, but probably a mid-round pick coming into the season. And then, you know, there was probably about midway through the year when Jaden Daniels had a few games in consecutive weeks that you thought to yourself, why is LSU staying competitive in those games? Or how are they winning these games? And you think about some of the environments that you play in the SEC, and obviously uh, no league is the NFL, but the SEC is probably as close as it gets to the NFL uh, in college football, goes to Alabama, and they end up losing the game, and Jaden gets hurt. He suffers a concussion, uh, or leaves with a head injury, I should say, early in the fourth quarter. But prior to that injury, against the team that, as we know, ended up playing in the college football playoff, and you know they're always going to be good on defense under Nick Saban in Alabama, has nearly 400 total yards in three quarters, has a game against Florida where he rushes for nearly 300 yards and obviously carves him up with his arm as well. And there was a game against Missouri, which I know that Missouri probably doesn't register as a national powerhouse for many who follow college football, but this past year they were awesome. And the reason why they were awesome uh, was largely the strength of their defense, which will probably have, I would think, at least four guys drafted fairly highly this year. And Jaden Daniels, in a game in which his defense did nothing against Brady Cook and Cody Schrader and the Missouri offense, found a way time and again, especially late in the fourth quarter, to just pick up the yards needed to advance down the field or eventually score the game-winning touchdown. Those kind of moments, clutch production, which... You know, we've talked so much about uh, quarterbacks and get the job done when it matters the most. And Patrick Mahomes obviously setting that standard right now in the NFL. No one is going to be Patrick Mahomes in that regard right now coming out of college. But it did feel like Jaden Daniels had that mindset that when his team needed him most, he was at his best, as opposed to the quarterbacks who, when their team needs them the most, sometimes that pressure can get to them and force bad decisions. Field, only a couple minutes left here, but I wanted to get to one of the other quarterbacks that you had mentioned in this mock draft. Down at 12, you have the Denver Broncos taking J.J. McCarthy, a quarterback who didn't have to step up nearly as much mm. given what the rest of his team was capable of on the run to this national title. Why are you, and I'm hearing a lot more voices in the NFL, so high on J.J. McCarthy and what he can be as a pro? Yeah, with apologies to J.J., this is actually a lot higher than I would want to draft him. But as we know, quarterbacks get jammed up the board in the draft. It's just the nature of the exercise. And right now, there are no trades allowed in our mock drafts. When we get to trade season and certainly after free agency, when players have shuffled around the board uh, in the NFL, we'll have a bit more context surrounding these teams and their decisions. But how about this? The Broncos pick at pick 12. They don't pick again until the third round. 
They have six total picks this year. Their second round pick went to the Saints as part of the Sean Payton trade. Moreover, Russell Wilson, it's a lot of money that's going to be dead money on their salary cap when he is likely released come March. And as you guys know, there's not that many quarterbacks available in free agency that are worthwhile additions. So along all those lines, I felt like I kind of had to force the issue with the Broncos at pick 12 at quarterback because Sean Payton wants to win right away. J.J. McCarthy has some intriguing traits, really good ball placement, good athlete, and helped Michigan win a lot of games. But as you accurately noted, he didn't have to do that much. It was the best defense in college football last year, best offensive line in college football last year, best running game in college football last year. So I think it's fair to say that J.J., amongst all the quarterbacks that we're talking about in the first round, is the biggest projection. Doesn't mean he's not going to work out, but he is a major projection. Yeah, you have five quarterbacks going in the first round. I believe Bo Nix, the other uh, number 20 uh, with Pittsburgh. In, in just a few seconds, and we'll have more time to expand on this, uh, deepest position in this draft. Yeah, it's a tie uh, at the top between wide receiver and offensive tackle, specific to the first round. Offensive tackle could have eight, nine guys going, which I can see Gojo just, I mean, it's like he's tearing up right now uh, with with happiness, of course. Wide receiver, though, from start to finish in the draft, ridiculously loaded. You're going to find guys in the third round that could be day one starters for good football teams next year. So both of those spots, if your team needs them, congratulations. It's the right draft for you. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, this is the right mock draft for all of you guys. Check out Fields' first round mock over at ESPN.com. Uh, always a pleasure catching up with you, buddy. Thanks so much. And I'm sure we'll talk to you a lot more as we continue down this path of the draft. Guys, Jesse, talk to you again soon. Looking forward to it. See you, Field. Thanks. Awesome stuff. Sure he's heading again. to the gym now. Uh, you can always out. check out there at Field Yates on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Beefcake certified fresh. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. I want to get to with the NBA All-Star Game coming up in Indianapolis. Our buddies Charlotte Wilder and Amin El-Hassan going to be out there on site doing Oddball, another one of the great shows here on the DraftKings Network. It's going to give us a chance to revisit one of my father's greatest shames as a performer in the Celebrity All-Star Game years ago in New Orleans when he missed an absolute bunny of a layup looking every bit like the former collegiate wrestler who had very rarely picked up a basketball in his life but dad before we get to that and the three-point contest that's <laughs> going to be interesting this year uh we just talked to field gates about his mock draft over at espn.com the interesting revelation where he had Jaden daniels 
as the second quarterback off the board, but in general, five first round quarterbacks, which is an over that you had talked about earlier in this season when we looked ahead at the draft saying that was probably what's going to happen because this is a league that's thirsty as hell yep. for quarterback. Are you surprised at the group in there? Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, JJ McCarthy, and Bo Nix as the five quarterbacks that Field had going in the first round. I think that J.J. McCarthy still is the most surprising. I think it's the most surprising to a lot of the people because, and maybe unfair evaluation to him, he had to do the least amount, right, of the other quarterbacks that we're talking about on what they had to do uh, to help their team. J.J. Had, had the national championship team. They had the most complete team in college from offense and defensive standpoint. So I, I, I think there's a little less that we know about what he can do maybe in crunch time. Because we've seen Kayla Williams be great, but we've seen Kayla Williams at big games not be great. And it kind of started when they came to South Bend and Notre Dame really put the clamps on him. And from his season from that point, really wasn't all that good. Jaden Daniels just, as, as Field said, was a mid-round guy who just, as you watched him, you said, wow, okay, we know he can run. The kid can throw. Uh, he is the, the quarterback of today, the athlete that can throw uh, and that can do everything. So the, the, the ceiling is just unbelievably high for him. I think there's less known to everybody about Drake May other than he's a big quarterback. He's that, that big kid, 6'4", like 230 pounds. It'll be interesting at the Combine. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks are working out together in California, uh, including with throw Penix in there. Uh, as well uh, be interesting at the combine but but as I've always said man you start going shorts and a t-shirt what happens with some of the some of the guesstimation that goes on but the one thing we set up from the beginning there'll be four or five quarterbacks taken in the first round because there's always some reach there and I think J.J. McCarthy is kind of the biggest wonderment of where would he fit if he does go that high in the draft yeah, incredible physical tools have always been there for J.J., and there's been throws yeah. in his bag that I always called the bleep you throws, the stuff that very few people on this earth can do with his ability. But I always think of there's like a, a, a old passage in a Bible that talks about you don't put a lamp under a bushel basket, meaning if you got gifts, you share them with the world. And J.J. McCarthy, for all the talk that especially Jim Harbaugh's done, saying he believes he's the best quarterback in the draft, there's other people starting to leak now that, oh, J.J. McCarthy's way higher on NFL folks' boards than they are and thought of by the outside world, which, reminder, we're in smokescreen season, so take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> yes, we are. But this is a guy that if he had all these gifts and he was this good and Michigan chose not to deploy them, that to me says something, either about their thought and their coaching style or about what actually is under the hood for J.J. McCarthy. So it, it really, I think he's going to be the central focus for a lot of people this draft season, him and Jaden Daniels, because Jaden's a player who's got a Heisman trophy on his resume. And there is going to be the easy Joe Burrow comparison because of the colors they both wore in college. And because of what Jaden did for himself this season, we'll have plenty more time. I mean, we know how draft season work. It's going to be largely about these quarterbacks because yeah. that's what everyone loves, but field pointed out, man, this is a sexy offensive line class. Our boy, Joe Alt. Yeah. Name. First tackle off yep. the board for Field Gates in this mock draft. But you got him. You got Olu Fashanu out of Penn State. You had a bunch of dudes in this class. Troy Fatanu from Washington. So very excited to get into the beef. We'll be uh, certainly digesting this. We did the draft show last year. I think we're going to have something for you guys again this year uh, on the opening night of the NFL draft. But, Dad, 
we're in basketball season right now and we've got an interesting thing that's going to happen in the nba all-star game as they try and sort of zhuzh it up a little bit here uh jesse as sabrina inescu gonna crash land an all-star weekend the three-point contest with him and steph curry getting a lot of attention and should be a very interesting thing because the three-point contest in my mind is actually always one of the most interesting events at all-star weekend Yeah, and Sabrina really knows that this whole thing is about more than just basketball. For me, it's just continuing to to raise the bar and to put us and give us the opportunities to be on this platform. Um, Understanding, you know, it being on TV and and young girls and young boys being able to watch it and and understanding how important visibility is and knowing that there's going to be a young kid who maybe hasn't watched many WNBA games, but is going to watch and tune into this, and they're going to have that dream of one day going up and shooting against their idol. Okay, and this is cool because all eyes are going to be on this competition, and it was originally reported that Sabrina was going to be shooting from the WNBA line, okay, which is like one and three-fourth inches uh, closer than the NBA's line, and now she requested to shoot at the NBA line. So she and Steph are going, they're going from the same line, fellas. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the WNBA line is 22 feet, one and three quarters inches. Like you mentioned, the NBA is 23 feet, nine. Sabrina said she practices from NBA range anyway, which anyone who has watched her play, and if you go back to her time in college at Oregon, and now certainly what she's done in the W, uh, dad, range is not an issue for her. And I have no idea if she's going to win this or not. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter that's ever lived. And so going up against him, always going to be a tall task. But she's right about what this exposure is. And I think we've seen with women's sports in the last number of years, no matter the sport, but especially with women's basketball, if you give it the platform, the product has been there. There have been great players and right now great stars in the women's game, both collegiately and professionally, and continuing to find ways to get them in front of more eyeballs is how you continue to grow the game at this point. And I, I love that Sabrina's got that in mind with this. Oh, I think this is, this is great. And, and now, if I have this correct, there's going to be, there is a three-point competition with about eight players, right? These two are just doing yeah. a one-on-one. Um, so yes. I, I think this is fantastic. Uh, as, as Jesse mentioned, she's going to shoot from the, from the guys line, but use the, the WNBA ball. Uh, I, I love this. I love this. The, a lot of the NBA, I would say the NBA players, you know, really, you know, uh, put their arms around the WNBA. They, they love that league. The league is, is as popular as it's ever been. They have a great team, obviously in Las Vegas with them aces back to back champs, but it is along with all women's sports on such a rise. So what Sabrina can do here uh, to keep that, you know, front and center, uh, I, I think is just fantastic. I have no idea how this is going to go. Like you said, she's going up against the greatest shooter in uh, in NBA history. So I have no idea. But but she is unbelievably talented uh, herself. So I do look forward to it. And you are going to get a ton of eyes on this. And that's that is going to be really the most important thing. Yeah, uh, and you're probably going to get a lot of like dumb old school misogyny that comes along with it. And just ignore that because I think what we've seen too is more and more people are just embracing the conversation and debates about around women's sports in general. Uh, We've seen that happen with Caitlin Clark in college this year where we've had big loud opinions about her game from people both inside the women's game and outside that are just about basketball, which is really refreshing. But you've got Sabrina, which is part of a lot of this young crew that's come into the W. You've got this great pipeline 
of players doing it in college right now. And so uh, watching this unfold is going to be great. Is it going to be a little bit of PTSD for you, though, Dad, every time you have to watch the NBA All-Star game and remember your great shame? This is horrible. I'm sure by tomorrow we'll have that video. Uh, Greeny and I played the one year we were players in the Celebrity All-Star game, and we did so well uh, that the next year we were the coaches. Uh, it was, I can't, I, I will not use it as an excuse, but I will say it. That's when I was still bigger boned and uh, my body was, uh, my body was in rough shape then. And I was stunned at how serious that game was. I kept trying to joke around, who was it? The secretary of education. I keep forgetting the guy's name who was playing it like it was the NBA championship out there. My God. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So when it got real serious, I knew I was in trouble and I had a chance at an easy layup and it was one of the most embarrassing shots you will ever see anywhere on a basketball court. We'll get the footage pulled by tomorrow, but if you want an early preview, just type Michael Look Senior into your <laughs> gift tab and Twitter and enjoy the show, ladies and gents. Enjoy the show. <laughs> DraftKings Casino is bringing you only the best. Classics like Blackjack, Roulette, and Slots, plus exclusive games you won't find anywhere else. I love Blackjack, and I love football to Blackjack analogies. I think they're really similar games. They're both team games that require great individual performances. Heck, it's all of us versus the dealer, right? Plus, it comes down to the decisions you're going to make at critical junctures. Third down, fourth down, the red zone become when to split, when to double, when to hit and stay. All this action you can get by downloading the DraftKings Casino app now and using code GOLICPOD. New players get an instant deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. That's code GOLICPOD only on DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus, physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and other restrictions apply. One per new customer. Must opt in and make minimum $5 deposit within seven days. That's 168 hours of registering new account. Max match up to $100 in casino credits, which require one-time playthrough within seven days, 168 hours. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash newplayeroffer2024. All right, guys, time to finish off the show the way we always do. This, that, the third, three quick stories to send you into the rest of your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us, leave us a five-star rating, and check us out here live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, DraftKingsNetwork.com, the YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Plus, Roku. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And if you miss any of it or our great guests, our thanks to Field Gates, ESPN NFL analyst, who came over to talk about his first mock draft of the season. You can catch that wherever you get your podcast or available right here on YouTube as soon as we get done with the show every day. Uh, Dad, Jesse, let's get to this. And an overdue congratulations to Shaquille O'Neal. Tuesday night, he got his jersey retired by the Orlando Magic, their former number one overall pick from 1992. As they celebrate their 35th years of franchise, 
Dad, it's the first jersey they retired there. Shaq and I think some people close to him were probably unsure based on how he left if this would ever happen. But yep. long overdue, you talked about being down in Florida when Shaq was in Orlando with the Magic, having courtside seats to the show. One of the greatest players, most dominant players of my lifetime and, and getting his start and the version of him the Magic got, one of the most exciting parts of Shaq's career. Just remember how he came into the league, you know, and then how, how he left. What what a just a massive star he was. And you're right. We had, this was right when we had a home in Orlando in the offseason, and we had tickets, and I mean, they were right under the basket. Uh, this is an Orlando team that was horrible. Uh, well, they were 70 and 176 in their first three seasons. And then Shaq came along, and they go 500. Then they go 50 and 32, make a playoff appearance. 57, 25, go to the finals. 60 and 22 uh, before he leaves. So he was unbelievable to watch. I mean, always has been unbelievable. But but certainly, you know, young coming in as a youngster, and then how he progressed through the years, just being as dominant and uh, uh, you know hack a shack uh, rules that came into the game. So much fun to watch as him in the early, early stages of his career. Yeah, I, I, when you had a younger, leaner Shaq who, and despite your protests, I will say, ran the court as well as anybody and was a precursor to the modern big man that we see today, he that was then. a freight train from hell coming down the court. I encourage anyone, especially like my generation, I got to see a lot of prime Shaq, but if you're the next generation coming up and you forget as we have all these big man Mount Rushmore conversations and Shaq's name doesn't get brought up nearly as much as it should for being what most people tag him with was the most dominant player that they have ever seen because right. of his size, because of how overwhelming he was. Just go pull up Shaq highlights on YouTube, man, and watch him run the way he did early in his career. It's terrifying. Oh, it really is a guy that big moving like he did when he was in, in Orlando, for, first in the league the first few years. And he's on a list of only one of three now, Will Chamberlain and Pete Maravich, as players who have been uh, have their jersey retired by three teams. So 34 retired by the Lakers, 32 retired by the Heat, and now his jersey retired with the Orlando Magic. So congrats to Shaq. I mean, uh, he's done pretty well for himself, I'd say. Yeah, I, t I, I will never I went to Outside Lands, this music festival in San Francisco, and me and my buddy that were there went and saw Shaq DJ a set there. And just watching this entire yeah. crowd react, I'm like, man, to have this be like your third or fourth or fifth job and this many people love yeah. what you're doing and want. And he took pictures with everybody. He would invite all these little white frat stars on stage who were all taking their selfies with Shaq and just seems so effortlessly cool in a way that's uh, enviable for a lot of people. So congrats to Shaq on yet another cool thing happening in his life this time in reference to what his former career was there. Dad, speaking of people calling it a career and Jesse, uh, Big announcement yesterday as we are heading towards Masters season coming up in April at Augusta, Georgia. We got another reti uh, re uh, retirement announcement. Vern Lundquist is going to call it quits after calling his 40th Masters this season. Nostalgic for a lot of people. Golf and these hushed tones and the voices we're used to hearing usher us through these big moments. Dad, Vern Lundquist, one of the best to ever do it. Going to be sad to have a Masters without him coming up next year. Oh, it really is. I mean, just that voice, you know, his voice so well. He's been part of so many calls in different sports as well, but the Masters is the Masters. So 41, I mean, that is absolutely an incredible string for him. Really a, a hell of a guy as well. Gotten to know him a bit over the years. Uh, so good for him. That will be great to listen to. 
And uh, it, it certainly will add to it if uh, if Tiger is playing in that Masters. As Tiger is finally playing in his first tournament this year, it's his tournament, the Genesis Invitational. Uh, he'll start golfing today. But uh, for Vern and the Masters, I mean, what what can you say? You know, it's been a match made in heaven. He's called all but one Masters since 1983. <laughs> that's wild. That's, that's crazy. What a that's run. insane. Yeah. And with all of that, the thing I'm going to remember him most for is the line, who in the hell is Happy Gilmore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. It's, so true. It's the, real, it's the reality of the situation, but that says more about my brain than it does Vern Lundquist's career, which has been awesome. He has been a great shepherd for that event. And uh, someone that everyone, like you said, Jesse, most of us don't know life without him calling this particular event. So uh, shout out to Vern Lundquist, Uncle Vern, getting it done in a big time way there. <laughs> Jesse, let's finish up with the third with a very interesting uh, survey about some NFL fan bases. Yeah, so apparently the Titans are uh, the most drunk fan base in the entire NFL based on blood alcohol content readings done by Backtrack. Now, it's a breathalyzer app. They were able to acquire data from over 28,000 tests, and then they matched each anonymous observation to their NFL team to determine the fans that drank the most. Guys, what? It, I'm just a little confused about this because, <laughs> first of all, obviously Bill's Mafia is the drunkest fan base in the NFL. But I just don't understand the data here. Howard, this does not seem foolproof. I'm just, I'm just saying. I have a lot of questions about how this is working. Are fans willingly taking BAC tests on an app? Like, I don't understand. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, 28,000 samples they have here. By the way, if you looked at that chart, Titans, Colts, and Saints were the top three. All of them were above 0.08, so all of them were legally drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> From the standpoint uh, of the law and getting Titans, in a car. Titans, Steelers, Colts, Falcons, and Saints. The, the chart also... Oh, listen, I'm sorry. This is what happens, by the way, when we get our news from accounts like JPA Football and all these blue <laughs> check weirdo NFL accounts that come. I don't know how much of this I'm supposed to believe. It's fun fodder to talk about which of these fan bases are, in theory, the drunkest. But again, I don't know how they got this data. I don't even know if this is real coming from this thing here. But Backtrack sounds like an interesting app to compile all this stuff. And the Steelers make sense. The Titans make sense with the Nashville proximity there. But I'm with you. The Bills yeah. being halfway down on this list, considering what we just saw in the yeah. postseason run, no that seems like one of those where well, if the Bills aren't in your top five drunkest fan bases, you might need to consider your process. Well, I'm going to tell you, I think what happened here is, remember, there were over 28,000 unique tests so they're just out testing people. My thought is when they were in Buffalo and somebody approached one of the Buffalo Bills fans about doing this test, they went, hell no, I ain't blown into that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, happening. What are you, a cop? <laughs> yeah, what are you, a yeah. cop? No way, buddy. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, have that's, to tell me if you're a cop legally. That's how this works. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, th th these people are probably walking. If they see somebody stumbling, the, t the people doing the test are probably trying to go to that person, you know, to, to blow into it. The, and the Bills Mafia, they're, they're a little smarter than that. They're saying, uh-uh, ain't getting us. You know, they, they probably even put some plants in there. Go get that person who had, like, one beer, you know, yeah. and to bring their average down. Because, yeah, to think that they're not near the top – 
and by the way, we mean this in a good way. <laughs> Not a, if you can say that, but yeah. we mean that in a good way that we think they should be near the top because, boy, they have a good time. Oh, well, God, I think that's yeah. more indicative of the fan base that you would most like to party with. Mm -hmm. And can I just say, they're way down about the bottom of this list. We were in Kansas City for week one for the kickoff against the Lions. Yeah. The Chiefs are absolutely a fan base I would like to party with. That was probably the most collegiate atmosphere around an NFL game yeah. I'd ever seen. But did you see, as far as Buffalo is concerned, did you see uh, Jason uh, Kelsey's wife, Kylie, said when, when he was partying in Buffalo there with the Buffalo Bills Mafia, Kylie said Jason wanted to dive through a table. She said yeah. he wanted to break a table, but smartly did not do that. <laughs> Eventually. Smells like an off-season feature piece potentially coming there. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show today. If you did, download, subscribe, rate, review us. Check us out even when I'm sensually smelling roses. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.